Hello, Hudson. Are you going to bite me? Please don't. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past, and we have a look back to see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How you doing, hon? I am a little sleepy, but I'm okay. Okay. Well, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas. Yay. Although it's not really Christmas. Well... Our tree is up. Yes. Decorations are up. Lights are up. Lights are on. It snowed in like every neighborhood except ours for some reason. We got rain and then everyone else we know got like a foot of snow, which was like cool. Because I would have actually been really happy if we got snow because we could have taken our toddler outside to play in the snow and do shovel snow and just have fun. And no, we were stuck inside with rain and blippy all day. Yay. Yay, blippy. Boo blippy, more realistically. Kid loves them, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, hey, it's this episode is the closest episode that we have airing to Christmas, so therefore, it is our Christmas episode. It was the first Christmas movie we watched of the year, and trust me, there will be many more. Your PlayStation days are over. Oh, no. Well, it was a good run while it lasted. You're never going to get that Bug Snacks Platinum to catch no, up with me. I want my Bug Snacks Platinum. Because I got it. I know you did. Yeah, because I'm the best. Anyway, back to to movie-related things like this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we watched our first Christmas movie, and I made sure to not pick something that would be a little more cliche, a little more common when it came to Christmas movies. I picked something a little more uncommon. You picked a Christmas movie that came out in June. Yes, and that- What were they thinking? (laughs) This week we will be talking about- What? Like- what were they thinking? <laughs> this week we will be talking about Gremlins, which hit theaters back in 1984. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him you're gonna like this. the most unusual <laughs> gift he ever got. What is it? It's your new pet. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. (laughs) Gremlins. They'll be expecting you. Let's rewind to June of 1984 (laughs) for some reason, because that's when you release a Christmas movie in the 80s, I guess. It was a lot of cocaine. Probably, yeah. Anyway, so normally when I do my research on these things, I I plug in, you know, events in June 1984, or events in May 1973, or whatever, what what have you. Yes, yes. Usually there's a lot of like... Murders. No, 
I was going to say there's a, there's actually a lot of websites out there because my job is actually fairly easy that are like, we've done all the work for you. Here's all the interesting stuff that happened. This month was different. Oh, really? Because normally those are the first like five results is all these different sites that are like interesting things from like this month, this year. Mm-hmm. So one big thing happened in June of 1984 and it was a massacre and every result is about Operation Blue Star from June 1st to the 8th which is the massacre of the sheiks in India, which also put civilian deaths around 492 by official results. But independent investigators say it was much higher. So yeah, that one actually kind of eclipsed a lot of other stuff that happened this month. But there was some good news. I I like that the biggest body count you've ever contributed to one of these from the past things was in our Christmas episode. I know, which came out in June (laughs) anyway. But on the good side, on June 4th, DNA is successfully cloned from an extinct animal for the first time. Was it a dinosaur? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Born in the USA from Bruce Springsteen is released also on June 4th. June 8th. Ghostbusters is released. Yes. June 17th, for our Canadian listeners, John Turner officially succeeds Pierre Trudeau as Prime Minister of Canada. Trudeau steps down on the 30th. Prince releases Purple Rain on June 25th. Pretty big deal. It is a big deal. And on June 27th, Emmy's 11th Daytime Award presentation and Susan Lucci loses for the fifth time. Uh, We're going to hit them all. We're going to hit them all. Well, we have a lot of blockbusters. They come out in June. That's when the Daytime Emmy Awards are. And poor Susan is just going to keep losing and losing and losing. Did I tell you that I've seen like Daytime Emmys in person? Not like I didn't go to the awards, but like years ago, I was in New York City for a school trip. And we were walking up the street back to our hotel and all of these people in tuxedos and Emmys were walking by and it was the recording of the daytime Emmys. That's a little weird. It is weird. Just people walking by holding Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why I haven't thought of that until this moment. Like why we haven't, you know, we've talked about Susan Lucci losing her Emmy for like- of, of You the, probably saw a really sad Susan Lucci. I might have. I might have. I just didn't know who the hell I was No, I'm pretty sure we hit where she won, and that was in the late 90s. So she was probably, at this point, did not care. True, true. So that would have been in the early 2000s, because it would have been high school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what episode we we discovered she'd actually won once. Because I I remember that being a big deal, because it was like, she's lost so many times. You know what? We should, like, add, like, running tallies. The Susan Lucci tally? Well, just like in general, things that you keep bringing up in, in the past segments, like we should have a total body count. We should have a- Oh God, <laughs> could you imagine? This is going to get depressing fast. Yeah, well, but also how many times, like how many of the times that Susan Lucci was nominated and lost that we've hit kind of- I know, it's cr- well again, like I said, June, Blockbuster Month, we're covering a lot of Blockbusters. Yeah. Anywho- Well, we'll-, we'll We'll see if I ever get the inclination to actually start updating things like that on the website. I don't think you will. If I don't have the free time to play PlayStation games because we're going to be watching a lot of Christmas movies, then I don't have the free time to update the website either, I don't think. So that brings us to a Christmas movie in June. Yes. Which is very 80s. But June, or not even June, but like spring and summer of 1984 were 
big for blockbusters. You had Police Academy, which we watched for the first time a while ago, which was, I think, one of the movies that kind of spawned us wanting to do this. Yeah, where we just started watching old movies. And we, Yeah. And then uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, The Natural, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And the week before this movie came out, uh, we had Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And that had been number one at the box office at $16.6 million. And that led into the number one movie the next week being Ghostbusters yes. with $13.5 million. And it held for seven weeks and was one of those movies that bounced back and forth and bounced back and forth. Gremlins, unfortunately for it, came out the same day as Ghostbusters. And with everything else going on and blah, 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 it was really, it would have been shocking if it had been number one. But... It was the third biggest movie during 1984. Ghostbusters was number one. Indiana Jones was number two. Beverly Hills Cop was actually the biggest moneymaker of any movie released in 84, but it made almost all of its money in 85 because right. it was released at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But that even then only puts Gremlin at the fourth biggest movie released in 1984. So that despite the fact that it never held number one, it was a huge moneymaker. Yeah, like there was a lot of stuff that I was reading when I was trying to figure out if this movie fit our criteria that was basically like, why did they release this movie in the summer? <laughs> because it would have done so much better if they released it at Christmas because it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. And, and it's not even because I don't remember it being because like when we sat down to watch this, I realized I didn't have any accurate memories of this movie and I knew it was technically a Christmas movie, but I thought it was like technically a Christmas movie. Like Die Hard is a Christmas movie and even less than say something like Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. I thought it had less to do with Christmas than either of those two movies. And no, this whole movie is about Christmas. Yeah. Like I was like, wait, what? Like Gizmo's a Christmas present. Yes. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, so probably would have done a lot better had it come out at Christmas. but Yeah, but it did win the Saturn Award for Best Horror Film and Best Director for Joe Dante. So the movie did quite well, and I would say it qualifies despite the fact, like I said, I don't really remember it. Well, so getting into your memories, what are your memories of this movie? So I went into this movie. Mm-hmm. I was glad you picked it. And I will start with that. Okay. But here's the thing. I remember not liking it. When you first saw it? Well, here's the thing. I haven't watched this movie in a long time. We've watched it together. And I'm pretty once. sure I probably was sitting on my phone the whole time because I don't remember it. Okay. Yeah, probably. But I remember you not- You were sitting on your phone for most of this one too. No, I wasn't. I was actually researching something that I'm going to bring up. So okay. give me okay. a break. I have detailed notes. I was paying attention. You have detailed files. I do. So my first actual memory of Gremlins that I realized while watching this is there is a four-part children's book, not board book, but like little thin, those thin- Like pap- little golden books. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. But they're, they're, they are paperbacks, but they're thin, that came with records- that played the narration. Okay, yeah. And at first I was like, wait, this seems familiar and not in a way that I've watched this on a movie. <gasps> I had a book about this. I think it was like a book on tape. And then I started Googling it. And there's four 
Mm-hmm. And each has his own record and it narrates the story. And one of the covers has Gizmo in the little pink car. And I had all those and I loved them. Mm-hmm. So that is my actual first memory of Gremlins is actually those books that I forgot about 100%. And it was like the more I was like deep diving this, which is why I was like, wait, what? No, what? Yeah. Because it was like this flood of memories listening to them on my mom's old record player and how like... We have a record player because we're cool hipster. Folks. Yes, yes. We have a really cool record player. We got Urban Outfitters and it's pink and I love it. But my mom's record player was a real record player from back in like the 70s. Right. So there were steps and she had to walk me through like you put the clamp on it and da 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 da. And there's all these steps. So I remember doing that with these gremlin right. And it was just like this deeper and deeper dive into these little kids gremlin books which is hilarious because this is not a kids movie like it's a kids movie but it is this this movie is one of the reasons that the pg-13 rating exists because like when when yeah because this this is around poltergeist time too yeah because it was this and poltergeist and raiders of the lost ark were the main culprits for or not raiders of the lost ark temple of doom yeah were the main culprits for pg-13 yeah, it, 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 it's rated PG, and this is not a PG movie. Not and at like, all. No. I, so, do you want to know what it is that I remember not liking? Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. And even then, I think probably if we sat down and watched it, I would probably enjoy it for the bizarreness of it, especially after you showed me that Key and Peel sketch. That Key and Peel sketch is the greatest thing. But like I said, I my memories of this movie are not accurate to this movie in any way so it was almost like watching it for the first time but with these weird flickers of this strange different format deja vu and yourself sir <laughs> my parents got me a gizmo stuffy when i was a kid i'm pretty sure i had one too yeah i i'm pretty still sure have it I, I, yeah it's at my parents house still are my, you sure that william doesn't have it our child i i ended up with a different gizmo stuffy years later and I'm going to tell this story. Am I going to cry? No. It's, Are you no, going to no, cry? No, no, no one will cry. And only like a few people will like, I'm sure there's someone who's listening that remembers the story very well. There was, <laughs> this is mean, but it's also very funny. So in my youth, I used to have a lot of parties with coworkers and I was at a party and, and like, this was like, this was at my house. And all so of you weren't t- at a party. You were throwing. I was a throwing party. a party. That's better way to throw it. Yeah, I was throwing a party, and I had all of my like a, a bunch of my coworkers came, and they all came to my party, and we were all having a really good time. And one of the guys in the party, because we're all coworkers, right? One of the guys at the party says to another guy that he has a crush on one of our coworkers, this girl. And one of the other guys is like, "Really? Like you had a crush on her? Kind of a thing?" And he's like, "Yeah, why? Well, like what's?" What's wrong with me liking her? And the guy goes, well, she looks like a goblin, man. And everyone's like, what? Like, because it was just so mean, right? That's really mean. super mean. And then, and then, see, he backpedals. And he goes, well, like, like a good looking goblin. <laughs> and because of the way he said that, I just turned to him and I just went, so Gizmo? And everyone who knew who Gizmo was, was dying. And and that became like an inside joke for a really long time. Was Did this like, person's nickname become Gizmo? 
Kind of. Oh my god! <laughs> I told you it's a terrible story, but yeah. Oh. Um, and somebody gave me the, the gizmo that we have that is in William's room as like a because you said it. It was funny. Here you go. I got you this. My child has a tainted stuffy gift. <laughs> it's got an interesting story behind it. Oh my god! I'm not the one who said that she looked like a good-looking goblin. I'm just the one who said so. Gizmo. That's it. I didn't call her. I did not share his opinion. Okay. You gave her, at least her nickname was a good looking goblin. I'm not the one who gave it. I just said gizmo and then other people started calling her gizmo. That's not my fault. Yeah, but you kind of birthed the nickname. But at the same time, if you hadn't given her gizmo, someone probably would have started calling her goblin or good looking goblin or GLG or something. Something like that. Yes. So So you might have saved her from a worse nickname. I'm trying to spin this in a way that you're not a, a bad person. All I did was say a name. It's not my fault that someone else picked it up as a nickname or because again, I'm not the one to call it anyway that's why we have that gizmo <laughs> there's another gizmo that is actually at my parents house and it gets carted out every so often i'm pretty sure it's in the pile of toys that are out for our nephews and for william oh so yeah so there's an old gizmo in there and and he's like one of those things where you shake him and he's like Rrr. oh yeah like, i was so jealous my sister had one like that and it was the raccoon from pocahontas Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. wanted that stupid raccoon so bad. Well, you, Love you, stuffed you know animals. what you could do? You could just be like our friend Sarah and just go and buy that shit for yourself now with your adult money. Maybe I will. I bet you because <laughs> it's Disney. I bet you that thing is worth money. Probably. Ugh. Anyway. Yes. But that's how that was my first like how I got. I, I never saw the movie. It's, it's another occasion of me not seeing the movie until years later and I'm seeing the sequel first. So I saw Gremlins 2 before I saw Gremlins 1. And I seem to remember actually reading the plot to Gremlins 1 in a mad magazine. Oh, boy. Before I ever actually saw the movie. So I knew what happened. And then I actually, like, I bought the movie for myself years later on DVD. And I'm like, look, people like this movie a lot. And I feel like I'm going to enjoy it. So I just straight up bought it. I think it was like $10 or something. So that's where our DVD copy of Gremlins comes from, is from when I just randomly bought it before that having seen it years ago but i've seen it i think this is the third time i've watched it since okay then, so but getting into this movie gremlins so the first thing i want to get into about okay. this movie you got something you got you right off, get the, off hop. the hop okay i didn't know that this movie the opening scene in chinatown where he mm-hmm. goes in the little mystery shop with the very stereotypical owner mm-hmm is what my favorite Treehouse of Horror segment is based off of. (laughs) I had no idea Mm -hmm. that Clown Without Pity starts out as a gremlin spoof. Yes. It was (sighs) funny. We were sitting there watching the movie, and they're talking to the the grandfather who owns the shop, and I turned to you and I go, but you get your choice of topping. And you were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because at this point, I was still kind of expecting to not like this movie. Uh It's a good mindset to go into the movie with. I went in with an open mind. And when we get to our review, I will discuss that. Okay. Like our overall final thoughts. Yes, 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 yes. But. To think that a movie that for so long I had thought, I don't think I like that movie, was the basis, the start for my favorite treehouse. I was like, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I should probably go on with an open mind. 
And then my next thought, and okay. again, it's right off the hop. One of the first things he's told is you can't feed Gizmo after midnight. Yes. Technically, everything yeah. is after midnight. Yeah. So what? So I'm going to go with my thinking on that would be midnight to sunrise. Okay. I think sunrise would be the safe bet because the sun is up and evil goes away and da da da. Okay, fair. Not yeah. that they would know at that point that Gizmo had the potential for evil. That's true. Like because like, when you think about it, he says don't feed him after midnight, but he never says when he can start feeding him again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really, your your theory makes about as much sense as anything else that, that goes on with that. Because when it comes down to the rules, there's a lot of, like, very, you know, like, I mean, a perfect example is don't get them wet, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is jumping way to the end of the movie. The There's an, one of the evil gremlins is climbing something that's shooting water out of it. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's not getting wet. But yeah. it doesn't start doing anything until he dips a toe in. Yeah. And even then, because like, you're like, well, maybe the water only takes effect when he's in the gizmo state. Nope. Nope. No. It, well, well, that that happened earlier, too. But like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's no, like, consistency of like, maybe it would make sense if the water was only effective on the whole, like, asexual reproduction. Right. When they're in the gizmo larval stage. Mm-hmm. But then there's like other things like when they're like, you see gremlins drinking out of like glasses and like they're, they're drinking beer. Does beer drinking, count as water? But like, does it have to be water or does liquid count? Like, I feel like it would have to be. It has to be water. Water. Okay. Because like water is still its own chemical. It's not just bland. I know. But like, like, water is very complex. But water is in things. Like if you make Kool-Aid, does it suddenly not work? Well, I guess because you're changing the molecular structure of the Kool-Aid. Can you un-Kool-Aid Kool-Aid? I, probably. With I like, know. I don't know. A mass spectrometer? I mean, if you can pee into a thing and then drink it, they probably can reverse engineer Kool-Aid back you to water. You can just drink pee as is. You don't want to, but you can. Well, yeah, but fine. Like, it's the same. It's the same. Pr- like, it's it would the same always premise. still be a little bit of pee. <laughs> anyway. Right. Also, the dad is full on. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, I think you think... Maybe this guy's got a fair bit of money. And then it becomes obvious he doesn't. But he full on is like, I'll give you $100 for Gizmo. No, 200 No, 200 So you want to know how much money that translates to? Sure. 100 bucks translates to 250 today. And then he ups the ante to what would be $500 today. This dude is basically broke. His inventions suck. I feel like that's the reason why he's broke. It's like, you know, I mean, maybe not. it's not the exact reason why, but like. If he's also bad with money on top of being a poor inventor, then that it's, and I don't mean poor in the sense of like, doesn't financially, I mean, he makes inventions that don't work. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a mess. Yeah. This dude is a mess. His poor wife, like she must love him because she, she's using all his stupid inventions that don't work and trying her best to be, so even when he's like across the country, she's trying to use the stupid remote for the telephone and it's like, it's not working and she tries her best. And it's like, man, if that were me, I'd be like, he ain't gonna know. You know, Hello? There, there is one, there is one invention that they use in the movie that does not break. And I did note this when they bring Gizmo home, and he tells the wife to dim the lights. She uses a remote control to turn the lights down. No. Oh. And that's the only invention that they show used that doesn't blow up in some weird way. 
Interesting. Well, why isn't he marketing that? That's actually probably in the 80s what would be a very useful like invention. Like now we've got like you tell your smart home to dim the lights and that's how it works. I yeah. mean, really, he was ahead of his time. He was that. ahead of his he time. He could have been a billionaire. And he's all about the bathroom buddy. I know. Which was, was trash. The bathroom buddy would have been like worthless after 9-11 because it's got liquid in it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not wrong. I mean, he would, but this is '84. He had 16 years to make, 17 years to make his money on that. True, and there would have been a, a like the clip on it, the clippers, and the the razor blades from the, you know, it would have been a mess for for all that stuff. Yeah, but this whole family, they like, does the mom have a job? Because I feel like in this situation, she should really be having a job to like keep the lights on i don't recall her having a job or it being mentioned she had a job i mean she was home making cookies all day so i assume that she was a but even then this whole family is so oblivious like none of them seem they're like look we've got this new animal we've never seen before and i mean i guess it's the 80s and they don't have the internet where they could like google any sort of animal but like gizmo's obviously not an animal that should exist in the world and he basically is speaking somewhat english and it's like no one in the family is like guys this is not right they're all like look how cute he is it's like yeah. i would be like something's gonna, up with this i'm gonna and it's not till he does the friggin' asexual reproduction with the water that the kid is finally billy's like i'm gonna take him to a science te- a science teacher yeah well, I mean, it's a small town, right? It's, it's a town where Marty McFly lives. Which was super funny that pointed out to me. I, I did not realize until you pointed that out. Yeah, because it's the same backlot town that they filmed Back to the Future in. You can see the clock tower, but they, they never show the actual clock tower itself, like the, the clock yeah. part. But Can I also, before we get too far into the actual gremlins itself, because it's established like Billy does work. Yeah. And he, he, he is bank. like an adult, but he's a young adult. And he works at a bank as a bank teller with, you know, the girl of his dreams, Phoebe Cates, who's married to Kevin Klein. Did you know? No, I didn't. Good yeah, they've him. been married for a long time. I actually looked into it a while ago and I realized that she's married to him. And basically, because she only has a few film credits. She's not, but she's well known because like Fast Times Ridgemont High yep. and like the movies she's done are well known. Like obviously Gremlins and Gremlins too, but she and he got married and had kids. And basically from what I read a while ago is they had an agreement that like they would take turns who got to you know, be the person going to film and the other person would be at home. And every time it was her turn, she was like, I'd rather be home with the kids. Oh, well, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but they've been married for a long time and I love Kevin Klein. She's a lucky lady. Okay. Well, anyway, back to this movie. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. Can we talk about what was her name? Miss Deagle. Miss Deagle. She like queen of the Karens. So uh, Miss Deagle. Because I wondered about this, too, because she doesn't work at the bank. So it seemed very odd that she could order everybody around, right? She probably just had a lot of money. Well, she did. And there was one shot where they go to, I guess it was her mansion or something. And there's a sign out front that says that they, they're like, uh, it's real estate. So they probably own like most of the properties. Oh, and, that makes sense. Yeah, so sense. they probably own the bank. They probably own the where the people because they they kept talking about like there, there's a, a family that that keeps coming up to Miss Deagle being like, please, you have to, you can't foreclose our house, and she's like, yes, I can, you know, like oh, so she probably either owns she probably the owns land the land or, or the she's like a landlord or, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh my goodness! Did you know in Cantonese that Mogwai means devil, demon, or gremlin? Well, that makes sense because he is a gremlin. 
I don't know why we're. <laughs> it's like the literally the top piece of trivia on IMDb because I was literally just like, it's like, did I have that name right? And then it was like, oh, by the way. So anyway. Yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, she is like, she accuses his dog of doing something that I don't even remember. And it's, it's breaking the snowman. Oh, it's breaking a freaking snowman, which the dog didn't do. Well, did it though? We never saw it happen or not happen. But like, why does she automatically assume it's his dog that did it? I think they're neighbors. Maybe. I, th- I think that's kind of sort of mentioned that they're neighbors. So I don't know. But she she immediately just jumps to, I'm going to kill your dog. I'm not only going to kill your dog, I'm going to do it in a horrific way. I'm not going to repeat here because it's awful. And it is going to be violent and it's going to be terrible. And she just she is just rubbing in his face that she is going to murder and torture this kid's dog. And he's just like, that's not good. <laughs> he takes it very well. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like... Well, maybe that she would cl- foreclose on his house, too, if, if he, you know... Why wouldn't she just threaten that? I don't know. Because he's a kid and it's not the... But he's not even a kid. He's like... He can't... because He's old judge, enough to have a job. Judge Reinhold says he's the VP at 23, which is not... I don't know. Being, I guess, the vice president of a small town bank doesn't seem that impressive to me. But even then at 23, that seems a little young. Mm-hmm. But even that... So he's older than Billy... Billy's probably 20, 21. He's old enough that the high school teacher knows him pretty well. Yeah. So he's not too old. Like he's probably just a couple years out of high school. Yeah. But yeah, so she, she is just, and like in front of all these people and like, it just, I was very much like, I couldn't remember if people died in this movie or if they were just hurt until we got into this movie. And then I realized this movie is not for children. No. And then I was like, I hope she dies badly. And then she did. Yeah, no, I did remember the, her her dying. Yeah, badly. it made me happy. She deserved it. She was a monster. Well, what I also liked. She was the real monster she was the real after gremlin. all. She was the real gremlin. There you go. Yeah. The real mugwai. Well, since we're talking about her and her death, why not just keep, continue talking about her and her death? I never caught this on previous watchings of the film. When it's time for her to die, like when it goes to her house and, she, and it's revealed that she's a crazy cat lady. It is also revealed that she's wearing a wig the entire time. Yes, that was pretty funny. And I'd never caught that before. Yeah, me either. Like, Well, obviously, I didn't caught, catch anything because I don't remember most of it. You know what? Now that I think about it, chances are one of those cats broke her snowman. Because she had like, a whole bunch of cats. Yeah. And I don't think, if she's a person who has that many cats, I feel like she's not the kind of person who keeps them all inside. No, not at all. No. Those cats are pooping on people's yards and killing songbirds. And Yeah. But also, what I didn't notice until this viewing is I did notice in previous viewings that when they go to the bar and all the gremlins are in the bar partying, that there's a lady gremlin there. Well, it's, no. it's not a lady gremlin. It's a gremlin wearing Mrs. Deagle's wig and yes. hat. And I never noticed that until this uh, viewing. So, well, I noticed it watching this viewing, but yeah. yeah. But at the same time, we're looking for stuff now, but you're right. Like I was like, wait, I thought the lady gremlin was in the second. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's no. Deagle stuff. That's, I yeah, get it. She's I get just it. wearing Miss Deagle stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, so the whole thing with gremlins, speaking of, because now at this point, there's like multiple, multiple gremlins. And these aren't even like the cute, fluffy gremlins. Like these are the big ones and everything, blah, 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 blah. The evil gremlins. But like, so Corey Feldman accidentally spills some water on Gizmo, which. And it was water. It was paintbrush water. Yeah. So, so but like, even then, you've been told, don't get the this, sky this wet. Mm-hmm. And I would just not have water in a room that the thing is in just in case. But, you know, I'm. I'm an anxious person and I'm always looking for what could go wrong. 
But here was the thing. So he sees how much it hurts Gizmo to have all these friggin' things pop off his back and then turn into new ones. And what does he do to this little creature that he is supposed to love and protect? And like the first time it's an accident. That's one thing. He takes the thing to the science teacher. And he's like, here, watch this. Blip, blip. And mm-hmm. like makes another one. And he knows it hurts Gizmo. It'd be like me being like, hey, you want to see something cool? And then like breaking my cat's arm. I would obviously never do that. Right. Okay, that might be a little extreme. Dropping um, hot your- wax. Okay, yeah. On the cat. Okay. Look what happens. It's like, why would you do that? Well, to clearly, because science demands it. The 80s were a weird time. <laughs> they were, yeah. So I, I, Billy, Billy's got some work to do. Yeah. Phoebe Cates was pretty cool, but okay. So then we get into like the gremlins are taking over the town. And, okay, well, like, okay, sorry, you were just I, like firing through. I this. got yeah, I got I got a lot of. I I told you I have a lot of notes. I, Apparently, this movie I, was fascinating. Okay, well, I I didn't. Sorry, you go ahead. You go. I ahead. didn't I'll actually listen. start. My first note actually is at the scene that you were just talking about, which I thought was really funny. Was like I didn't make any notes regarding the movie up until that point like there was stuff that i thought about like obviously the stuff with miss deagle and and things like that like there was things that i thought about like all of the other characters in the film are very well developed like even like the next door neighbor some of the people that that are at the bank they all have a little bit of development to them Mm -hmm. so that when later when the gremlins show up and start killing them you feel bad. Yes. So, except for Miss Deagle, because she gets enough development that you're like, that bitch, I hope she gets hers. Yeah, you and know? I think that's, like, obviously intentional, because there's always got to be that one person who gets killed that you kind of yeah, want them to. But of the people who get killed by the gremlins, like, or attacked by gremlins, like, I, I, I it's not exactly clear who dies and who doesn't die, with, with certain exceptions. But the characters who all get attacked by gremlins are characters you meet. You know, like somebody shares dialogue with them and yep. talks a bit about their life. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's no, I cannot, there are scenes where the gremlins are just attacking people like out in the street and you don't know who those people are. But if it is a focused gremlin attack, like the people at the mailbox or something like that, it is someone that you've met in the movie already yeah. and spent a moment with. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was really well done that they, that that's how they. Yeah. It wasn't just like throwaways. Yeah. It wasn't just like, Oh, everybody's being like, you know, like the, it, when the T-Rex attacks people in the last world on the street, it's killing, you know, randos. randos. It's not killing, you know, people you've already met. And that's one thing I, I really liked with this is that you cared. Like even the guy at the radio station, they spent enough time with him yeah, with he- rock and Ricky and his billboards. And you could hear him on the radio throughout the film. When he gets attacked, it's still like, oh no, poor Rock and Ricky, because you know enough about Rock and Ricky <laughs> that it means something when Rock and Ricky gets attacked. By the way, the dialogue in the Rock and Ricky gets attacked scene is amazing. Yeah. You're not Rocking Ricky fans. Get out of here. Like what? Okay. Speaking of dialogue, I have a note here. Okay. Where someone says opening presents or opening wrists and i don't even oh. remember what the context is okay. and i just remember being shocked it was, it was phoebe kate so she's talking about earlier when people don't like christmas it's oh. before it's before you find out her tragic christmas backstory yeah it's earlier when he's walking her home at night and she, and she's like some people just don't like christmas and then and then she says that in that scene yeah this yeah. movie gets dark the movie in gets some spots incredibly dark in scenes but but what I had, what I was trying to get to was, was the science teacher. Oh, the science teacher. This is when, a roundabout this way is, to get this there. This is a roundabout way. But when it gets to the science teacher and he has the gremlin, 
like what's happened to the gremlin after it's it's had it's eaten after midnight it ate his sandwich because he wasn't paying attention or whatever and basically like Tommy Jarvis shows up. I can't, I can't remember his name. Corey Feldman. Yep. Corey Feldman shows up and he's like, what's going on? And then the science teacher explains everything that is going on. So that like, if you're like, what is happening all of a yeah. sudden? He basically is like, oh, well, it's like a butterfly. A butterfly becomes a pupil and becomes it's a metamorphosis. And I'm like, what a great way to, to introduce some sort of explanation for what's going on is to have the science teacher explain it as like accurately as possible. Yeah. But at the same time, all that made me go is, wait, is, is Gizmo an insect? Well, no, but that's the kind of thing that. Are you happened. sure? Because I mean, he goes through some several insect stages. He goes, what, what stages? Well, there's the larval stage, which is the gizmo stage. Right. Or possibly like- the Pikachu stage. <laughs> Or I was going to go with furry caterpillar, but that works too. And then you've got the pupil stage. Which 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 part of Pikachu is that? Um, well, that doesn't really count. I was thinking more like the xenomorph eggs at that point. I see, because they are very similar. Uh huh. You notice that, right? Well, they are. They they look similar. Of course, I yeah. noticed that. And then you have the adult stage, the evil Raichu stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Gizmo is a Pikachu because he does not want to evolve into a gremlin. Wow. Okay. That, that's not what I was. But no, I, I, all I can think is, is like, no one seems to care that they're like, it's neat that they have this weird asexual reproduction and that they are kind of insects. And I don't know. There's a lot of like, the 80s were a weird time. The 80s were a weird, weird time. And, and I'm going to. I'm going to bring this into the next bit here, which involves the gremlins. And the so the gremlins all hatch. Yeah. And the mom is on the phone with the dad who's at the convention. The convention scene, even though it's very short, is great because it has a ton of visual gags in it. It does. But all I can think is it's Christmas Eve. That's Who's true. having some sort of trade show on Christmas Eve? The Academy of Inventors, apparently. Maybe there was a discount on the hall. Maybe. That could be. That could be it. But Steven Spielberg drives by in a little cart while he's on the phone. Robbie the Robot, a very popular science fiction robot from the 50s, shows up. And also in the background, the time machine from the movie, the time machine is in the background. And when it cuts back to the wife and then cuts back to the convention, the time machine has gone. Oh, yes. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yes. the time well, that ma- is cute. The time machine has traveled through time. So anyway, it cuts back to the mom and she hears noises from upstairs. And this movie stops being a, like a fun movie and becomes a horror film at this moment. And, and my favorite part about how this is initiated is the mom immediately without knowing what is waiting for her upstairs, grabs a knife to kill whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. I wrote down the mom is a badass. <laughs> yes. Like. Not only is she like prepped, she has like besides the end scene in the movie theater, she's got the highest body count by far. Of gremlins, of gr- yeah, gremlins. Like she rips shit up. She takes out like four gremlins in like a two she minute period. She microwave one. She one of them has their head end up in the fireplace. Like, well, the kid kills that one. He cuts its head oh, off with right. the swords. But all I could think there too is they made children's books out of this. Yep. That I. Where they like die in blenders. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm just like, hmm. also during the scene, because she's making cookies. Yes. That yellow frosting looked like mustard. It probably was mustard to make it look good on film. Uh, gross. 
I, I don't know what to tell you. But it probably was. I, I'm not shocked, no. but like still gross. And I love mustard. Mustard is delicious. Good mustard is amazing. But yeah, that mom, she was cool. She was like, this is my house. This is where my baby lives. I'm going to kill whatever's after me. Yeah. And then she does. She does. She kills a whole bunch of gremlins. Yeah. Loved it. And then the one gremlin then gets its head lopped off into the fire. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is a movie that's supposed to be for kids. Yes. But that gremlin, that gremlin really does a number on her. So that's why she's out of action. Yeah. Yeah. And they take her to the doctor's house and then she's fine and like not seen again until the end of the movie. Yeah. So. But then, then you see, cause like then, cause now the numbers are smaller, but Stripe makes a whole new army of gremlins. Yeah. By jumping into the, uh, he does a pretty, the YMCA pool. He does it pretty quick though, because he, he makes a whole bunch more, but I guess would in that stage, they replicate. They him. replicate straight to gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. None of this makes any sense on a scientific basis. Right. So as a scientist, as I'm somewhat a, of a scientist myself. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am a memeologist. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it doesn't make scientifically. I mean, I guess it does in one sense. But I mean, like, if you look at any other, it, it makes sense logically that if no. he, no, it logically, it makes sense that if he turns, if, if, if monster gremlin, has offspring that they are also monster gremlins. It doesn't make sense that they should go back to, but if you were looking at it in the sense of like in the real world where in nature, yeah, that's the, that's how it goes. Right. Like you don't expect cute fluffy things to pop out of that monster. Right. Well, you, you get expect cute, more monsters fluffy to pop out of them. caterpillars to pop out from butterflies. They pop out of butterflies. Exactly. Well, they, the butterfly lays an egg. Yeah. That comes out of an egg. That's different. We are talking about <laughs> the reproductive cycle of a fictional animal. <laughs> uh, I believe it's an insect, not an animal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at that point, he creates this whole army. And then you see this army marching at the screen and they are like claymation. Yes, and the stop I motion hate scene. claymation. I, I wrote this down so because much. when it comes to the gremlins and even Gizmo himself, the effects of the gremlins are great. They're really well done. Yes, I agree. 100%. Especially like for the time period. Like it's yeah. so like all the, the puppeteers. Puppets, yeah. The puppets, the gremlins themselves are incredibly articulate. Like they do. Like the, this, there's a scene where it's when the mom sees the gremlin for the first time in the kitchen. He's like doing all sorts of things. Like it's not just like, oh, this is the specialized puppet that only reaches and grabs a thing. Yeah. Like it does like six different things before mm-hmm. she pushes it into a thing and it, you know, gets blendered. But so all of the effects are awesome, except this shot, the shot in the movie where the stop motion gremlins are up the street. Ooh. Everything else is is well done and ages great, except the stop motion. I wonder the if. Because we obviously were watching it on a DVD that was then upscaled by the system we were watching it on and et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if watching it on the big screen in 1984, it didn't look that bad because yeah. it, it was it's a dark scene and you only kind of see the, like maybe at that point, you're only really seeing the outline of these gremlins marching at the screen. So it didn't really matter that much. But mm-hmm. like for us, it, it was disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. But now I'm thinking of other parts of the movie that are really well done. Like when they're in the movie theater, and they're running from the gremlins and the gremlins see them through the screen. Mm-hmm. And then it shows them from the people side of view. 
and the gremlins are coming for them. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly animation of all of the gremlins running. Yeah. And but it's it looks so good. It's probably because you can you would have even in eighty four been able to see that clearly, so they had to make it look good. Whereas this scene, it's dark, it's yeah. from a distance. They're probably like, yeah, just throw it together, it's fine. Yeah, like even in, when they're doing stuff with like it's not puppets, like the animation stuff, and that stuff is all great. So again, when it comes to the effects, the only even the head, the head and the fire looks great. You know when when friggin' Stripe is mm-hmm. emaciated and melts later Ooh, on in the movie. Is yeah. that really Kids well done? Movie. Kids movie. I'm traumatized. I yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, the stop motion scene could have been better. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. Yeah, so, so this is something else that I wrote down. I could have sworn that the love interest Phoebe Cates was way more developed in like not not so much developed, but I felt like she had way more screen time in other times that I've watched. I this think movie. you're talking about number two. Yeah. Because she's barely in this movie. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we're together now. And it's like, what? Wait, what? You you spent like 20 minutes together when the gremlins all got blown up in the movie theater. I mean, sure, they work together and they probably have like, you know, meeting each other. Other Okay. She's got some scenes solo, though, like where she's working at the bar and she serves. What's his name? That is in tons of 80 movies. Judge Reinhold. No, the other guy. Oh, the the guy that that drives the snowplow. Yeah. Isn't his name like... I want to say Dick Wolf, but that's the law and order. Dude. No, it's not <laughs> Dick Wolf. It's um, Dick Miller. Dick Miller. There you go. See, I was halfway right. Yeah, no, he uh, and him. But then, okay, but one of her biggest scenes is like, and when she actually like starts doing stuff related to the gremlins at this point. Yeah. Is she serving them at the bar? Yes, she's serving the and gremlins. Like, I understand that at this point, the gremlins have robbed the bank, but they're not going to pay her and they're trashing the bar why doesn't she just leave? Yeah. Well, I mean, because she's literally pouring them beers and trying to serve them. I mean, she did try to leave, and a gremlin disguised as a burglar pulled a gun on her. Then, so yeah, then I was like, people, like, these gremlins have guns. Yeah, it, it's it's about the time that it hits the bar that this movie becomes a cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, but like a <laughs> violent cartoon. Yeah, like it's it's so funny because the last note I wrote about this movie is the tone of this movie flip flops so wildly in the last act between horror, comedy, and just out and out zany like animaniac style slapstick, slapstick comedy. Yeah, like it's it's nuts. And and this scene is probably the biggest proponent of of all of the wackiness. Yep, like. Just all of the crazy crap that they're doing yeah, in that it's, scene. It's the bar itself has so many references to other movies. Yeah, like there's like a flash dance moment. Yeah, yeah. There's a hundred percent a flash dance moment. And then there's like the 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 you know the forties like black and white like the pi like gumshoe and like and the puppets like, and yeah yeah like I guess that'd be probably what Casablanca that they're probably I like. think they're making fun of Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like. What is this movie? <laughs> yes. I don't think this movie knew what this movie was. So You know what? I'm going back to Gremlins 2. Oh boy. Gremlins 2 makes a lot more sense after seeing the bar scene in Gremlins 1. <laughs> <laughs> like like really. Yeah, 100%. Like they they just 
probably just ramped up how much coke they were taking and watched <laughs> the scene over and over again. Like, yeah, 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 more like this, more like this. Yeah, we need this. I mean, the the movie theater scene is is not as wacky, but it's still pretty wacky. Still that pretty wacky. movie theater scene is in the kids' book. I specifically remember that from the kids' book. The kids' book, right? With pictures. Yes, yes. <laughs> Man, the 80s were a weird time. I'm thinking how many cartoons there are based on R-rated movies. Like RoboCop? And Rambo. Wait, Rambo had a There's a Rambo cartoon. If we go to my parents' house, I have action figures from the Rambo cartoon. I'm just... What was wrong with our parents? (laughs) Well, I mean, it wasn't our parents. It was our parents' generation. Yeah, but your parents bought you the cartoons, like the toys. Yeah, well, they were the popular toys. What was wrong with our too much? You know what it is? It was actually too much lead in the gasoline. No, that must be it. it, it no, it, there's legit studies that have proven that the way boom, the reason boomers are the way they are is a lot of it comes down to how much lead they breathe in. Well, there you go. Now we all know better. Well, it's tr- it's sad and true, but that's boomers going to boom. Uh-huh. Anyway, so. You get into the thing with Phoebe Katz's dead dad. Yes, where she tells the, the, the in the kids movie where she tells the story and that ends with and that's when I knew Santa wasn't real. Yep, yep. <laughs> and like, but I have to say, hilariously, I almost remember the story from the second one better because, like, most things I remember that one better. But in that one, she never fully tells the story anyway. She just starts to as a joke. Why she hates some Abraham Lincoln. I don't remember that. Yeah, she yeah. starts to, because they rip on it that she's like, whenever anybody brings up Abraham Lincoln, I, and then she gets cut off and they never go back to it. Oh, okay. But it's like a lead up. But I remember that better than I remember. But I knew that was one thing I remembered is that, and I don't think that was in the kids' book, but that I actually knew was that her dad got caught in the chimney and died. And that's why she hated Christmas. And that literally is one of the only things about this movie I remember. If I remember the Mad Magazine story that i saw as the joke in the mad magazine story the dad was still in the chimney yeah like like she's telling the story that he's dead and and he's like wow that's terrible i never knew that happened and she's like well you can meet him if you want and he's like she like points to the chimney and like there's like a skeleton in a santa costume in the chimney if i'm i might be remembering this wrong but that's what i remember well that seems like an exaggeration that the comic put in well obviously okay yes. sorry so i just said it was in the mad magazine well story. i sorry i guess i it's been a while since i thought they were doing like a not shot for shot but anyway it doesn't matter that's not how mad magazine works. no you're right but i had questions about so they had to break into the chimney to get him out he was stuck but somehow he broke his neck how did he break his neck if well he if he land if he like if he if his head caught the side and his body continued to fall, but his head stopped, like think about it. Like I guess. I guess. I don't like it. It's possible. This it's movie doesn't make any possible. sense. Think of what happened with with Tom Cruise's foot when he hit the side of that building. It'd be oh, the yeah. same kind of thing, except with a dude's neck. Oh no. There, see? Now it makes sense, right? Oh, no. You can actually see him break his foot in the final movie, too. Yeah, well, just picture that dude's head Tom on Cruise is Tom Cruise's foot. Tom Cruise is as crazy as this movie. 
I don't know. That theater scene's pretty, the the bar scene around. The bar scene's crazy. But yeah, so it was really at that point that I started to remember the whole thing about the book, which is when I started doing the deep dive. But like at that point in the movie, they're like, they're going towards the department store Mm -hmm. and like the toy store or whatever. And like it really, because they they kill all the, the guys in the movie theater. And then there's like the showdown with like Gizmo and Spike. And Gizmo really doesn't do anything i remember him like that was one of the things i remember from the book because i was like oh this is where he does the big heroic thing and he's driving a little car and it's, he's the hero of the film because what doesn't do crap he gets hurt and that's the end of it he drives around in a pink car he gets hurt and that's, well he opens the blind he opens the blind but he mostly like he's just racing around in a car while they're trying to like his buddy billy's getting shot with a freaking crossbow yeah i don't re- i didn't remember him getting shot with the crossbow right and yeah. like he, gizmo was just going for a joyride and i was just like gizmo get your shit together but then like you said earlier spike then gets hit by the sunbeam and you see what happens to a gremlin if they're hit with the sun this is a kid's movie <laughs> yes that gremlin's eyes pop out of its skull i was traumatized yes like how why did our parents let us watch this crap like i joke about showing my kid being like oh i'm gonna show him halloween when he's six no i'm not no i'm not our parents would have yeah and then they're probably all like well, back in our day we we didn't watch scary movies and then i'm like but you showed us gremlins yeah <laughs> i was watching scarier movies than this though when i was a kid because i had that crooked babysitter oh yeah. so not the one that showed me Monster in the Closet, although that was there. I saw like actual actual horror movies when I was at that. Hilarious. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. And then he returns Gizmo to the original owner, and the owner's like, you weren't ready. And it's like, well, no shit. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, well, he wouldn't have sold it. He didn't want to sell it to him in the first place. Yeah. That kid, the kid tells him the rules at the beginning. He left out a lot of steps. I mean, he didn't really leave out any steps. Well, no, but like. But he didn't really explain the consequences. It's true. He really should have been like, don't get him wet. Because if you get him wet, he'll have kids. Oh. He'll asexually reproduce. Oh. Uh, don't feed him after midnight. Because if, if you feed him after midnight, he turns into a monster. Oh. And what was it? There was another. Sunlight. No, sunlight kills him. He yeah. explained that one. That yeah. one it was explained well. Yeah. So at least he's got that one. Yeah. Yeah. They had to have like a way to kill these things because like, holy crowly. See, if he could if he could take the time to explain that rule, why couldn't he explain the other two? Just bad, bad form, kid. Yeah. Well, he's a child. Have you seen our child? They don't make the best decisions. Our child wouldn't be selling gremlins to people. I don't know. That kid just play with diapers all day. He did. He said spend most of the day playing with diapers. <laughs> Well, kids are very smart. Kids are not very smart, but they are. They were allowed to watch this movie, I, which is <laughs> insane. I was like, because like I had a gizmo stuff to end these kids books and everything else. And I was like, oh, you know, we'll watch this movie. And like, depending on what it was really like and watching it, like, you know, because like our kid doesn't really like cartoons. He likes, he live, likes live action stuff. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's a cute little critter. Maybe, you know, after watching it, kind of giving it a, a once over, maybe we'll show you it You were to- considering showing gremlins to our child? I would never have without like, like watching it myself first. I could have Because I didn't you. remember yeah. any of this movie, as I have said. And then I watched it. I was like, maybe not this year, but maybe when it was like five or six. Maybe like, you know, just have, no, no. Uh, this is like NC-17. 
pretty well that, that's the thing it's probably it comes, pg-13 but really when it comes to like movies you know one of the things that for some reason gore is okay as long as it's not to people so like yeah. when gremlins are getting their heads chopped off and There's melting pretty strong violence against people though I there mean, is yeah but you don't see like no person is melted to the skeleton shows they up. They shoot Deagle out a window from her stair chairlift thing. Yeah, but she her corpse isn't sitting there with her spine sticking out of her butt uh, or something, right? She guess, dies. It's not gory. That's why. That's why it's okay. It's still bad. Like I wouldn't show it to a child. No, definitely not. But that's the thing when it comes to ratings is it's it's been fairly well known that if blood happens to an alien or something like that then that's okay when it comes to the ratings board that's why there was able to be a pg-13 alien versus predator movie because the humans didn't die gorily the monsters died gorily anyway i guess that's it <laughs> i feel like we've talked about this movie up until we get to our reviews but before we get into that and critics in 1984 had their own thoughts on this movie so laura why don't you fill us in on some past reviews yeah so this movie currently holds an 85% critical approval rate on Rotten Tomatoes and a 78% audience score, which I would say is darn good. My bro, Roger Ebert, gave it three out of four stars and said it's fun and a sly series of send-ups, which, I mean, especially the send-ups thing, I definitely agree, because it is, like, spoofing a lot of things mm -hmm. that I didn't realize. Vincent Camby of the New York Times gave a mixed review, saying, unfortunately, it's funniest when it's being most nasty, which I also agree with. Mm -hmm. On another note, there have been some controversies over the years about it because a lot of cultural critics, as you were, and scholars, do feel that there are a lot of 80s black stereotypes represented by the gremlins. Okay, yeah, yeah. So... That's probably not good. No, that could be a little bah, bah, problematic. Bah, bah. Yeah. Fun. So there you go. There you go. Having not been anything more than a stupid child myself in the 80s, I really wouldn't have known that. Yeah. But anyway. Fair. So darling, yes. I feel like we know how you're going to go. So go ahead. Well, no, why don't you go first? No. I feel like how we should be doing this is whoever picks the movie... Actually, yeah, no, what? Whoever picks the movie should go first. There you, there you go. go. So I'm going to go first. I was, I was going to give this a double butter until about halfway through the movie. Really? It gets to a point where it just gets so silly. Like, it does. I really liked the way, the way the movie builds up from the beginning. It is actually really well done. Like, it is a good film. The way it's structured, like, the movie moves at a brisk pace. The characters are set up well. The rules of the universe are, are very well set out. And then once it gets into monster territory, it starts getting like, oh, the tone changes. And then it becomes, you know, something else. And even then I was still on board. But then it hits the bar scene and it just gets so weird that I just was like, I, I can't take this. Like, it, it just goes off the rails. So for that, I'm giving it, I'm going to give it a plane because it just... Mm -hmm. It, I think it's still worth watching. Again, they had me until about halfway through, and then it was like, okay, now this is just weird and and confusing and unfortunate <laughs> in some places. How about you? How about you? So, 
I kind of feel similar to you, but in a different way. So did you feel it was plain until halfway through and now you feel like it's burnt? No. For the first half, I was like, this is a very 80s pacing movie and like, it's okay. There's a lot of exposition, a lot of setup. And then the gremlins started doing their thing and I was like, oh, Cool. And then it just got ridiculous and I was fully on board. I'm giving it a double butter. Really? I'm not even kidding. Oh my God. I went in thinking I was going to hate it. And by the end, I was like, this movie's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. Wow. I cannot believe that. That oh we basically flip flopped our opinions. I know that's so funny. I expected you to give it a double butter, hands down. But the more ridiculous it got, the more there for it I was. I, but like I love horror. Yeah, that is a part of it that like I think I forgot. Well, obviously I forgot is that this movie is like I love horror comedy, and this movie is a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't know why I thought it was something that it wasn't. Like maybe I thought it had more stop motion. I don't know, but like. By the end of it, not only was I thoroughly enjoying it, but then I was having, like I said, that weird nostalgia with the books and like just everything about it. I was having a lot of fun and I just, I really liked it. That's funny. I know. Like I'm not, uh, don't get me wrong. I feel, I still think this is worth watching. I just think that it becomes such a weird movie by the end that- that that's why I didn't give it the double butter, but it's so funny. It's the exact that you went opposite. The exact it becomes so opposite weird it. that it's so much fun being so weird. Okay. It just it just is so off the wall bonkers that I'm like, I know I've said it a few times and it's probably getting a little old, but they must have been so coked out. <laughs> and it shines through and it's just this movie is bizarre. And weird, and yet somehow a love letter to the things that it makes fun of. And like, it's frantic and like doesn't make any sense. And somehow it works. Yeah. That, yeah, okay. It's very Dada-esque, darling. Now I feel like, like I, I, I feel like I made No, you've mistake, made your choice. I made my choice. I now made you my have choice. to lie on it. <laughs> I guess so. So there you go. That's our 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 Christmas episode. A very weird episode of Gremlins. I hope you enjoyed it. But for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn, I have been Mike. And I've been Laura. And next week we will be talking about the 1991 Kurt Russell, Billy Baldwin romp backdraft. What? Okay. Oh, snap. So I have a story for next week about why I have not only seen this movie as a child, but why I've seen this movie a lot as a child. And at first I thought you were going to think that's very weird, but then you kind of mentioned something during this recording and I was now I'm not as impressed with like my own story. You're going to be like, yeah, I, I relate. So is my good looking goblin story better than your backdraft story? I guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out. (laughs) We hope you join us on that episode. Until then, we'll talk to you again soon.